Welcome to our bonus episode of SCI Care, What Really Matters, the Edinburgh Conversations. I am Dr. Ali Jumus, the president of the International Spine Cord Society. You are about to hear a selection of interviews recorded live in Edinburgh during the course of the 60 Seconds Excos Scientific Meeting. Each bonus track will have discussions with speakers, delegates, partners, ISCOS committee chairs and teams attending the ISCOS 2023. Join us to find out what the hot topics of the day are within SCI Care. We hope you enjoy listening. Professor of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation. I'm in Chicago at Northwestern University where I direct the Center for Rehabilitation Outcomes Research at the Shirley Ryan Ability Lab, formerly the Rehabilitation Institute of Chicago. We're here to talk about a new federally funded research project that involves ISCOS uh, co-members who include... Hello everybody, I'm Jane Duff. I'm a clinical psychologist. I work at the National Spine Injury Centre, Stoke Mental Hospital, which is part of Buckinghamshire Healthcare NHS Trust, which is in England. Um, and it was a real privilege to be invited to join in the grant application. And I will tag to... Marcel Post. I'm a professor of spinal cord injury rehabilitation uh, based in Utrecht and Groningen in the Netherlands. Uh, very happy to be part of the project, thanks to a long-lasting connection with Ellen through the, the Argives, uh, the, the, the psychological interest groups of ISCOS. Uh, yes, my name is uh, Professor Craig, Ashley Craig, and I'm uh, the Professor of Rehabilitation Studies in the uh, John Walsh Centre of Rehabilitation Research in the University of Sydney. Uh, also a senior researcher in the Colling Institute in the Royal Northshire Hospital, New South Wales, Australia. Uh, I've been a long-term researcher in spinal cord injury and uh, injury, uh, uh, other types of injury, and very pleased to connect with Alan, being the chief investigator in this government-funded grant. Over to you, Alan. Well, the opportunity was first announced in the summer of 2022 when the National Institute on Disability, Independent Living and Rehabilitation Research said they wanted to fund an international comparative study of rehabilitation length of stay for, uh, for people living with spinal cord injuries. No details other than title. Um, they had a date, no date listed in terms of when they expected to post it. Um, and when they did, there was six weeks from announcement to deadline. and. I'd mentioned within the psychosocial SIG uh, group of uh, ISCOS that this sure looked interesting and somebody mm -hmm. here ought to go for it. <laughs> and everybody agreed, but we didn't know what it was. And then the announcement came out and my immediate thought was ISCOS has the dream team that's already involved in the uh, doing this kind of work. I knew Marcel Post from several different uh, collaborations in the past, but um, I'm certainly aware of uh, both uh, Ashley's and Jane's uh, research, but had never met them before. And except online. On except help. online. <laughs> Only we had Zoom together. Oh, yes. Zoom. <laughs> and, all, and also we worked together on the um, ISCOS psychology data set. Yes, that's right. And connected yes. through that's, that as well. Thank you for that reminder. Yeah. yeah. So it was an obvious, who am I going to turn to? It's the people already contributing to this work. They required three projects. One was a systematic review of the literature on length of stay after spinal cord injury. Um, a second one that lent itself to secondary analysis of claims data um, or patient outcome data. 
who's my colleague, uh, Ann Dykes, who's uh, leading in Chicago. And the third one, which I most relevant to this class in psychosocial and SIG and psychologists is how patient experience relates to different lengths of stay. So began some conversations all by Zoom and to pull together an idea that has become this funded project. And it's really exciting because it's, it includes patients, family and carer perspectives and also healthcare clinicians' perspectives. And I, from my knowledge, I think this is possibly the first time all three have been joined together in a, in a study of this nature. So um, um, it would be very rich in mm -hmm. terms of information and in terms of our future clinical practice and the services that we work in. So those focus groups, three each, will happen in the UK, Australia, in the Netherlands, uh, as well as in the US and Canada. We have an additional uh, collaborator, uh, Sarah Ahmed from McGill University, who will be contributing that component. Sounds really exciting. And uh, it, was a, it was a great honor for me to have been asked to produce or to do the Gutman Lecture, which is an honor of Sir Ludwig Gutman, an outstanding rehabilitation physician who escaped or fled, I guess is the best word, Nazi Germany. And as a Jewish physician, he read the writing on the wall, but then came to UK and began an amazing legacy for rehabilitation and spinal cord injury. And so the Goodman Lecture is a great honour. Um, this gentleman has also done it, um, but also it's, it's in his footsteps that we tread. So that, uh, you know, what I spoke on was really the importance of psychosocial, mm -hmm. which of course this grant we're talking about is largely also about. You know, in other words, it's just not a biomedical process. This is really a process that covers the whole of life. Uh, if, if people are going to uh, adjust adaptively after uh, such a catastrophic injury, we need to approach it from every angle and not just medication or surgery or other very hard medical approaches. So it was a great honour and people seem to have liked it, so that's the best. <laughs> <laughs> and so much of what you covered in your lecture um, is cited in the application we we developed, so it was... I must have memorized it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's your work, <laughs> and Jane's and Marcel's. But I also think, speaking about the Goodman element, you know, Goodman, is the, the main drive was psychosocial rehabilitation. You know, it was around sport, but it also was, was also around people becoming taxpayers again, yes. having some sense of meaning and purpose and yeah. focus in life, and, and that's what, you know, we all do, and you spoke about so eloquently, actually. In fact, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that vocational re-employment is one of the strongest predictors of a good outcome. So he was right on the ball. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, how long was length of stay in the Goodman times? It was a long time. I think, you know, years, really, and the whole community yeah. around Aylesbury has, 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 um, has built up as a, as a consequence of that because actually it was very young people that then didn't return home to their um, to their home communities but actually became a community in itself that grew up around Aylesbury. Mm. Yeah, so we have a lot of adaptive yeah. housing that surrounds the immediate vicinity of Stoke Mandeville. Yeah, yeah I think length of stay in inpatient rehabilitation has I think halved in, in the period that I'm working in the field, mm -hmm. and the question is where will it end? 
um, and it's a worldwide phenomenon. You, you know, the, it has become shorter everywhere, uh, yes. at least in the in the Western world. Um, so I think that's also a very relevant uh, topic for his cause, mm-hmm. as the worldwide community of, of spinal cord injury rehabilitation to address the topic uh, as, as a platform to make this kind of comparisons. Uh, I think I think very strongly too because COVID, uh, the you know the COVID period uh, in Sydney, Australia, for instance, we had three main units, and one of the units essentially shut down, and that's the south. That catchment was all to the south of Sydney, and therefore putting pressure on um, the Royal North Shore catchment. Uh, and indeed, what happened was a lot of those people didn't go to rehabilitation at all. Mm. They were farmed out to general medical wards. Who knows what happened? Talk about length of stay. <laughs> Some of them didn't get stayed at all, mm. to, to use a silly word. Well, I think part of the reason lengths of stay have become shorter is technically we've gotten better at preventing complications that used yeah. to keep people yeah, in yeah. longer. So yeah. pressure ulcers, urinary tract infections, pneumonia, we know effectively how to, to manage. The technology, the medication yeah. is all much, much better now as well. The behavioral interventions during the, yeah. the hospital stay. We've also gotten better coordinating services so that more often there's a place to go. There's a discharge plan that involves somebody who's going to be in a caregiving carer kind of role. Um, so part of the shortening is a good thing. But yeah. if it, yeah. I think in the U.S., oftentimes the stays are so short, and I think this is the funder's interest, that uh, patients don't get the benefit that they used to of rehabilitation and leave unprepared for life using a wheelchair. So it's a tension between institutionalization too long and too quick. Somehow we've got to get the balance and hopefully this grant will help us do that. Yes. Well, I think we're going to learn that accessible transportation, accessible homes, uh, carer involvement are all positive things that help discharge happen sooner. And certainly talking, we talk with patients about that preparedness, you know, the all going from somewhere that has a highly structured environment into something that's unstructured, anticipating what you're going to be doing the first month, two months, three months, having a plan for perhaps six months down and, and connecting with all those community facilities ahead of discharge. Those are some of the factors I know I talk about in my clinical practice with, with people, but I think there are many, many others and this could really shine a light yes, on that. absolutely. Yeah, and the data sets developed in the context of his course and uh, the psychosocial sick, I hope will help to make it more visible uh, how length of stay relates to the process of adjustment, uh, mm-hmm. which we all know takes time, more time than inpatient rehabilitation at all. But to, to monitor and trace that process and bring it back to the ISCOS community. Well, the project also builds on the work of ISCOS and the INSCI exam and how it's evolved over time and has been utilized in, what, 22 countries so far. Um, if that work hadn't been done, we would be in a lot uh, more of a developmental stage in planning the next stage of this project. Following the focus groups, we'll have an international survey that's informed by the uh, focus group findings, as well as the INSCI um, examination. Sounds great. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. 
So it, I mean, it's lovely that we're all here this year, apart from apart from Zara, obviously. But um, you know, but to kind of have that have the first crucial meeting that we had yes, yesterday, we get a plan in action, and um, you know, and go from there, and also report our findings back mm-hmm. in terms of the, the protocol, hopefully next year, but kind of thereafter year on year, and engage more people in the community as a whole. So we look forward to uh, 2024 and uh, gathering in Belgium. We hope you have enjoyed listening to our bonus collection of Edinburgh Conversation from ESCOS 2023. As always, you can listen to these episodes and all episodes from the podcast provider of your choice. If you have any questions or suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. Email them to admin at iscos.org.uk. ISCOS also invites you to the 63rd ISCOS Scientific Annual Meeting from the 22nd to the 25th of September 2024. To save the date, and more details will follow on the 2024 themes, submitting an abstract and early bird registration. Thank you for listening.